Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. Just letting you guys know before we start the show that today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Right now, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com MNR14 and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title on us and start listening today. It's that easy, guys. Go to audibletrial.com MNR14 to start your free 30-day trial membership. Peace. Welcome to a podcast here. Holy cow. It took us, what, 10 minutes to get this rolling. It was supposed to be at 730. Um, but we're here. We are doing a preview slash talking about the amazing transfer window we just had. Um, <clears throat> and to start off the season, obviously, we're not going to be taping on Fridays. I'm going to try to set a schedule with the guys so we can give you a podcast every single week. Because that is our goal, gentlemen. So with me today, I am joined with Don Raul Evening and Don Raul Dash, better known as Ryan and Elliot. Guys, Ryan, how you doing? Good evening. Good evening. Uh, doing good. Doing good. Uh revitalized, fired up. I, I haven't felt this way going into an Arsenal season in a long time. So I'm, I'm happy about that. We'll see if it lasts. I can't guarantee that, but at least uh good, good vibes heading into the new year. So. Yes. I, I haven't been this excited in God knows how long. Um, yeah. Elliot, how are you doing? He's a man of many. He's a he's a man of few words. I think Elliot has been having some issues. Mike is muted. He's an absolute fraud. Elliot, you, you okay? Um, I think we'll get Elliot back in a little bit. Yes, like um, Ryan has said, uh, he uh, we haven't been this excited for a uh, a season start in a long time. We were promised or we were told that there was only 45 million to spend. Then we had Josh, Joshy boy. It started with Josh's um, interview and he said, good things are going to happen. I didn't believe that shit. And literally Arsenal did some mega signings. So I guess to start the, to start the, the season off, right. We'll go through the, the signings, talk about those, some surprises I would assume with everyone. Uh, and then we will obviously preview the Newcastle match that is this Sunday. Speaking of which, the EPL started off today with Liverpool thrashing Norwich. I think it was 4-1, the final score. 4-90, 4-90, 4-90, <laughs> There's Don Raul Dash. Elliot, What's up? What's it's, up? it's Sorry, good to have guys. you back on here. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks. I, I like it. I'm sorry, Mario. Uh, you know, Florida internet gets swampy in the summertime, so yeah. I'm a little bit slow to the uptake. But you, I think this should be okay now. You got to go with that Verizon FiOS. I know. I got to get. I got to get on that. But until then, I'm stuck uh, with my my soup can and my my string that goes all the way to Toronto. I know that some that some states still have dial-up. Yes, I actually had to hop on AOL to get on this podcast. So <laughs> no, you didn't. Stop it. No, I did. I actually have a Netscape account, and then I had to log in to my AOL. I think Netscape has been dead for a couple of years. No, I still have Netscape. <laughs> You've been uh, dead for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elliot, how how are you, how have you been? 
Mario, I've been great. I've missed the pod gang. Uh, we missed you in California. I don't think many people listening to the podcast knew that we had a live stream a few uh, few weeks ago watching one of the preseason matches together. But uh, your boy Ryan Hennick and myself and AJ Gunners fourteen, we were in uh, California to watch the Bayern match. Rest in peace, AJ Gunners fourteen. You're somewhere out there. Big ups to you, my friend. He's, he's raving hard right now. He is raving hard. He's got a watermelon shirt on, and he's he's getting after it. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, we had 30 views um, so far the last time I checked on that video. So Those, um, those, are, those are all Elliot's family. <laughs> 30 different accounts. <laughs> probably... I've got a real supportive fan base. What can I uh, say? Yeah. And by the way, uh, guys, we're using this new stream yard. So I'm hoping that the sound is great um, and that it's coming. Except for through. Elliot, obviously. Yeah, Elliot. And I hope it's coming through okay. So throughout the show, I'm going to throw up some questions up there that you guys can answer in the comments when you see this, um, which will be great. So I guess let's start off, guys. Um, signings galore. As I was Ooh. saying, as I was saying, it started off with uh, people being pissed off, signing petitions. Uh, going crazy that there was only 45 million and then all of a sudden you know that 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 guy josh rest in peace uh danny um he, he came out and uh, he said big things were gonna happen i didn't believe it i'm no sure you, i'm sure you guys didn't believe it either but here we are boys i big, can't believe it huge signing so i guess let me start off with you uh ryan what was the biggest surprise signing for you this this season like this off season i think the obvious one is uh nicola pepe for sure just because again we were all kind of uh aware that the transfer budget was okay maybe it wasn't 45 million but we certainly didn't think we had enough powder in the keg to sign a 72 million euro player um like Pepe. So the fact that that kind of, you know, we were kind of linked, but we were, you know, we were talking about Ryan Frazier. We were talking about Carrasco, all these definitely, I would say inferior players compared to mm -hmm. Pepe. And then there was some, you know, very faint links to him, but everyone was thinking out, oh, well, that, that's not realistic. He's going to cost 80 million. We don't have that. Um, and then all of a sudden it just kind of happened. Like it really just out of nowhere um, about, you know, I think two or three days, and all of a sudden he was turned up at London Colney and had his shirt on and it was done. And so we, I think, I think we just, as a fan base, we weren't used to, I mean, I, listen, we signed Aubameyang, we've signed Ozil, Alexis. So it's not that we haven't signed big name players, but the fact, you know, this kind of period of austerity and, and we've been so fraudulent and just lacking a clear fraudulent uh organizational path in, in the past you know i'd say at least four or five seasons that i just don't think anyone expected something to to just be able to get this done like this so that that for sure was was the big i think surprise of the window and uh to be honest listen he's pr probably the best player in france behind mbappe last year i don't think anyone's debating that so i think we got a real mm -hmm exciting talent uh it's going to take some time for him to adjust and uh, you know he's not going to be uh you know don't expect 40 goals 20 assists or something but i think a real talented player good age profile plays off the right which we we needed to address that right side uh you know kind of outside forward position so 
uh, definitely ticks all the boxes and it's an exciting signing. I think the fans, you know, that's more probably more than anything. They wanted something exciting to be excited about the brand of football. Uh, remember when Ozil signed, everybody was, was outside of the Emirates going nuts. Um, that's the type of player. This is, could be a, a transcending signing that, that really changes how we play and how we look on the pitch. Elliot, uh, coming over to you, so all of the signings that we have done, is there any, like, can you see any sort of bad business that Arsenal did this this transfer window at all? Uh, I mean, in terms of bad business, uh, some might say that the Saliba deal, the way it was structured, uh, could be bad, given that we had to loan the player right back out to St. Antienne for, you know, for this season. But honestly, I looked at that as a positive. I mean, it gives, I mean, granted we could use him this season, but I mean, we're not paying any of his fees really until next year. I think we might, might be paying a small, small portion of the portion of the fees this season and a majority of the fees next year. Uh, but the player has a chance to grow mature. He's only 18 or 19. So he should come back next year and be, you know, one step closer to first team minutes, right. When he comes back into the squad. Um, a lot of people are complaining about, David Luiz for 8 million. And I'm like, I mean, I can't, I don't understand that at all. Um, going to, to Ryan's question, actually Pepe obviously is a, you know, the splash, right? That's the huge highlight. I mean, to, to get a player like that is massive. And there's my dog saying, what's up? Um, big, but, Bella, uh, Bella's a big Pepe fan. Clearly. Bella is a huge Pepe fan. Huge, huge. Uh, but, but, <laughs> David Luiz for 8 million. If you look at Socrates last year, he was what, 18, 17 million, something like that. Mm-hmm. So to get a player 32 years old that is as is, is experienced as he is um, for, I mean, you know, you know, played in the big matches, won a Champions League, you know, been Chelsea, PSG, back to Chelsea, can play both central defense. He's probably best in the three-man back line but can play in a four, uh, but can also play defensive midfielder if he has to. Um, this is the signing that most impressed me because that's the signing that, like, you know, everyone's dying out for a center back, right? We need a center back. We sold Koscielny. Um, We're looking at a rotation of Socrates, Mustafi, Chambers, holding when he comes back, but he's not even ready yet. So Monreal is, like, the, our fourth center back right now. And in years past, there's no way we would sniff completing that deal. No chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no shot we would even come close to completing a deal like that. And the fact that we got it across the line, it's a super reason. I mean, it's a reasonable fee. Um, I'm, you know, that was the most impressive one to me. Uh, so I think all in all, the business has been good. I mean, the, the you know, the fees we've gotten, um, especially the outgoing. I mean, to get, you know, between 28 or 40 million pounds for Owobi is, <laughs> that is a piece of business, if you ask me. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. I mean, I know you're right because um what, Chelsea bought David Luiz back for like 32 million or something like that a couple of years ago, mind you, but mm-hmm. um I, I still think he's got a lot of a years ahead of him. Uh like you said, he's he's experienced, so he knows what it takes. Um Ryan, I want to come to you in terms of sticking with with the back line. Um would are, are you satisfied with the defenders that we brought in or do you think we should have signed uh, uh, another defender possibly or somebody younger that's going to maybe coming up to the ranks like Saliba, obviously, but, you know, he's kind of already establishing himself as a big name. So 
Uh, are you worried? Are you satisfied? Content? Um, in a perfect world, I would have liked to sign a experience right back because you know Hector is not going to be in back into this plane squad probably for at least another two months, if not longer, mm -hmm. depending on how he, you know, he's got to come back to training. And then, um, so, and then Tierney, um, who's a signing I like, definitely a player profile I like, um, coming off a double hernia. So again, <laughs> he's not going to be playing until we're probably talking October, maybe November. Yes. Um, yeah. so I think the expectations, although like, I'm super, we're super hyped and super excited for the window we had because I, again, just the sheer like, uh, people in the boardroom level being competent and, <laughs> and executing on deals that needed to be made in order to, you know, to balance the playing squad. We haven't, we haven't seen that in so many years. So I think people are just like actually in awe that it happened at Arsenal. But I think we also have to temper expectations because we're not going to see our best 11 out there together for quite some time. I mean, right. Tierney, Tierney and Bellerin won't, won't even be playing together until, you know, mid October, early November. November so right. it's going to, it may not look like this kind of dream team that, that Raul and Edu and co have put together until, you know, a few months in the season. So, you know, there could be some, some bumpy results between now and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, the honeymoon's over, but I think we have to temper our expectations a bit. Um, you know, Pepe's got to adjust, uh, to a new league, new system. Uh, you know, Louise should be able to adjust pretty well, obviously the amount of experience he has. Uh, so that, that's, that, that's definitely a good thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, then we'll see, we still have outgoings. I mean, I think Emery even said today, there's going to be players leaving the club. So does you know, who, what does that look like? Is that, is that a Mustafi? Is that a Chambers? Is that El Nene? Uh, probably, uh, least, least one of those three are, are going to go somewhere probably in Europe before the month is over. So, um, I think, uh, Super excited about it, um, but I think again we have to temper expectations and know that our best team is going to take some time before it fully gels and even steps on the pitch together. Mm. Yeah, Elliot. I mean, you know, staying on Pepe. Um, you know, you heard some. I, I don't know if these are true, but you know, somewhere apparently, like one of my friends who's a Manchester United fan, he's like, oh, I, I got a video that's saying, uh, you know, he was talking in the French press saying that he wanted to go to Chelsea and that was his dream thing. I mean, do you, do, do you, as an Arsenal fan, do you read into that? Like, does it, does it really matter? Uh, he was telling me that, oh, he doesn't look like he's happy when he's doing the signing and, and, you know, that little intro video, um, like, do, do you read into that? <laughs> no, I don't read into that at all. I, I think that's bullshit because I was telling him, I'm like, are you kidding me, bro? Like, Pepe, he's coming. He's coming, obviously, to the better club. Like Chelsea, probably, probably didn't know who Chelsea was until he came uh, on board. I mean, if you I if you if you grew up in France anywhere in the last fifteen or twenty years, right? There's a high probability you're, if not a Arsenal fan, you are a fan of the many French players who have played for Arsenal, played Arsenal in that time yeah. frame. That that just that's like the story of any player any French player what's obviously he's Ivorian, but he's, he, he's grown up in France. So, um, I love the, uh, I actually really, I, you know, even if you watch Tierney's video, um, I mean, the only person that looked comfortable in his welcome video was David Luis. And that's cause he's been there. He's done this before. Right. So he knows exactly what's going to happen when he comes into the club and 
They're going to do all the promotion, all the marketing, all that stuff. So when you look at someone like, you know, Pepe, I mean, he doesn't, he's never been in this kind of spotlight. So he's coming in, he's got his suit on. He's like, you know, his first day at school, really. And he's meeting all the players he's going to play with and, you know, the medical staff and, you know, all of the boardroom members and everything. So this is, it's got to be a little bit overwhelming. And he seems like, you know, from, from reports that I, or from stuff I've seen, he looks like a, you know, more of a laid back guy anyway. Um, he's not going to be your Obama Yang kind of guy that's going to be, you know, out and flashy and, you know, celebratory and, you know, really outgoing, that kind of person. He seems more cool and collected. Um, so, but when he opened the shirt, I think you saw like, wow, how cool is this? Like this guy, I don't know who yeah, is with him, if that was his advisor or his, you know, some a relation of his or something, but. I think it was his dad. Yeah. I mean, they, he definitely had a moment there where he was, you know, there was something there where he was like, I can't believe my name's on an Arsenal shirt with my number. And this is no, this is my new club. So I think he's going to take some time to get acclimated. And honestly, I think people really need to be aware of that in his first, you know, first couple of months. It could, I mean, a player like him, especially one that relies on his, you know, instincts, his, his pace, his, you know, his quickness to react to plays. Um, I think it's going to take him some time to integrate into the squad and mm. be a force. Uh, he's not going to be an Alexis Sanchez that, you know, turns it on right away and starts to score goals and contribute. Um, so I can see Pepe, hopefully they'll ease him into it. Um, but I, I could see him not even starting for a few matches and then probably not finding his groove until mid to late October. Yeah. When you say that, it, it very much takes me back to like when Thierry Henry first signed, you know, he, he had a couple of games. He didn't, really do much until he finally got that scoring groove and i mean the rest mm -hmm. is history so um who are you most interested out of all the signings i know that you've seen ceballos and and you've seen um who's the other fucking guy that we signed ceballos and Mar martellini martinelli like, yeah <laughs> whatever <laughs> all right, all right. Um, who are you most excited to to see on the pitch playing in a real a real match a, a real a real match and any match uh, I mean, yeah, honestly, uh, Ceballos in the central midfield engine is going to be interesting to see whether they, you know, who he's paired with, if it's Jaka, if it's, you know, Torreira, Willock, it's going to be because uh, out of all the players, uh, midfield is, you know, certainly an area where we're going to have to be stout this year, especially given our central defensive issues. I mean, even our, our defensive issues in general. Um, so he's a young player, obviously good on the ball. You saw that in the Emirates cup. Uh, he's certainly got it. You know, he's, he's composed. He can find a pass. He moves well. It seems like he spots the right areas to, to get into, but he's going to have to be, I think pretty, uh, you know, pretty quickly integrating into here. If we want to have, you know, get, get something good out of him. Remember he's only here for a year. He's only here on loan. Um, so I'm excited to see him, you know, when the pressure's on, you know, like, you know, week three, we play Liverpool. So if he's going to feature in that match, how's he going to do with, you know, going up against an experienced midfield that's got guys that have been there, done that can make plays, you know, Jordan Henderson, um, and, and company, it's going to be interesting. I'm really interested to see if he actually lives up to the expectation of Santi Cazola because that's, <laughs> that's, ooh. yeah. That that's everyone's comparing are, him to, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping to see that, uh, Ryan. Um, at, at, so there's still many players still in the squad uh, left, and you know that that are still coming back. Uh, obviously, 
uh, from seasons prior. Who who really like who's it do or die for this season? Like who really needs to shine? Like because you know times times are you know getting rough or whatever. I mean like who it's do or die for who? I think uh, probably for that label for me it's it's probably. Jaka, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I just think his skill set and what he brings is he's the guy who could be, or in my opinion, probably should be the odd man out. When we're, mm-hmm. Especially you're talking about midfield, but I mean, but I don't know. You look at the preseason; he's played played pretty much every match, ninety minutes. Uh, you know, he's got the captain's armband, so I, it it appears that he's definitely in Emery's plans to play a big role this season. I just think when you look at the, you look at the makeup of, of modern football, especially the premier league, and you look at midfielders, they, you have to be active, athletic, be able to play both ways, be able to turn and sprint (laughs) and, and and keep in front of players. And listen, I'm not saying Jacques doesn't have his, his skill sets. He, He can, he can ping a pass. He's got great vision to break lines. Um, good on set pieces, but I just think he lacks too many crucial characteristics that a central midfielder has to have to be elite at this level. Um, and I think he could be, he could be exposed this year, especially with the likes of Guendouzi, Torreira, obviously Ceballos on loan. And I think with the emergence of Willick, mm-hmm. I think there's, he could have, if he doesn't, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see him, you know, he hasn't gotten any faster or more athletic, right? You can't just, you can't just get that in an off season. Um, so I, I, I can, I think that will continue to be exposed as his weaknesses this year. And this could be his kind of, uh, I mean, make or break season really. Right. Elliot, I, think his, you, I was just going to say next question, like that, that same question to you, but continue on. Yeah, no, I think, I think Ryan's spot on. It, it's interesting to, when you look at someone like Jaka and you have to consider to me, he is a system player. And what I mean by that is the system can either hurt or, you know, hurt or help him. Right. So he's kind of like a David Luis, right? So if you put David Luis in a back three, you know, where you have two guys that can cover, you know, space and be primarily the, the, you know, the ones marking the attackers and David Luis is more like the Rover that can play the passes and play upfield a little bit more. Um, he does well. Right. So Xhaka to my mind is, Ryan is calling out his limitations, right? He's not the athletic guy. He can't turn and run and make little sprints to recover. He's not going to be the guy that's going to recover from 30 yards and catch up to the play and break it up, right? He's not that player. And in modern football, it's so much, you know, uh, counterattack and, you know, transition game these days that he honestly gets left in the dust. A lot of both offensively and defensively in transition. Um, so he is best in a system where he is paired with a one, a ball winner and two, a box to box player, right. Who is also creative. Jaka's best in a three man midfield when he has someone like a Torreira behind him, that's going to be, be able to win the ball. Um, and then someone ahead of him, not, I mean, someone with more of a work rate than someone like Ozil, right. Someone like a Joe Willick, um, that can, that can run into space or a Ceballos for that matter. So it'd be interesting to see if what formation that we play in this year. And I think we're going to play in three different ones. If I was going to be betting on it, I would say the preferred, you know, formation is going to be a four through three run from Emory, right? He's going to have 
uh, two-man midfield, and I don't think Xhaka necessarily fits into that two-man midfield. A three-man midfield, I could definitely see him, you know, paired with someone like a Torreira and a Ceballos, and that would that could work, I think. Um, or we're going to play a three-man back line, and it's going to be some form of like a three-five-two or a, you know, three-four-three or something, um, where that's going to be tricky for him to get into that system as well. So uh, Xhaka really has to make up, you know, make find us find a place in this team in this rotation that he's going to fit in but it's going to be up to the manager i think to fit him in yeah i mean we haven't even talked about still you know departures you know because the the, some places in europe the transfer window does it goes until what the end of august um so could we we I, I know Ryan has touched on the fact that uh, we could still see, uh, you know, Mustafi p- possibly leaving. I think you did mention that, Ryan. Um, is there anyone else? I mean, we, we've heard Ozil coming to DC United, which I think it's a crock of shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, is, is there any more potential departures from this club? Yeah, I think Elneny leaves. Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely i mean uh you know mustafi i think uh, potentially i i think what's interesting is um a lot of these incomings we've uh, a lot of reports are arsenal are back to doing business with with some of the super agents in the game um you know uh george mendez uh, kia jorbachan i probably butchered his last name but um these are these are guys who represent the elite elite players and f- basically since uh arson's tenure and and we we haven't done business with them because they they you have to kind of get a little bit dirty to you know you have to take a player or two in order to get into the conference room in order to talk with them about their elite stable of players. So we we've we've now got back into that game, and I think mm-hmm. with that I think some of the reason we've struggled to sell players and get you know reasonable fees for them is because we don't have we didn't have these agents working on our behalf to move guys out. It's not just about bringing guys in, but you, you need, you need contacts and agents to, you know, you're going to scratch their back. Well, they'll, they'll return the favor and Ben Ben Mustafi off for you to Monaco for 22 million, Mm -hmm. which so, you you know, and then you see Chelsea has done that for years. Um, Liverpool has done it. Um, You know, big clubs, they, they may take on questionable transfers sometimes, but when you when they need to shift players that they don't want and they get rid of some of these wages, that's where these agents come in. So I think that'll be a hopefully decent side effect of of our our, our new kind of business tenure uh, by being able to sell players. And we've and we've done a good job of it already. I mean, listen, right. we got we got ten million for uh, for Bielik who didn't <laughs> hasn't didn't play a minute for Arsenal. So right. before he he would have gone for for free or for five hundred thousand pound and um you know we we sold a wobi for you know upwards of 30 35 million that's you know say what you want about a wobi it's a pretty good fee for for him so still uh, kidding so um yeah so maybe maybe mikatarian but i think um the fact that we sold a wobi i think i think mikatarian will probably stay because we do need cover obviously on the right he could play through the middle if we're in a, a certain system so he's right. not uh he's probably on too high wages for his output, but he's not certainly a a terrible player to have in the squad, um, especially with our kind of long season with the Europa League and multiple cups. Yeah. 
so you you guys you guys are both money men. How the hell <laughs> did we sign all of these players? Now, granted, some of them were on loan, um, but you're you're looking at Pepe up to what seventy two million, K- uh, Kieran Tierney twenty five. Um, David Luiz eight, but we only had 45 million. I know that there's uh, some of these players are being paid in installments, but like, h- how did that, how, did, how does that happen? Yeah, I think, I mean, the ultimate thing you have to think about is year over year budget, right? And how things are structured year over year. And I think a lot of times, and I don't think I even knew this, but a lot of a lot of the, these major fees for players in years past between club to club have been paid over some sort of installment plan. It might be sixty percent up front, this you know immediately, and then you know it might be st- structured out over the next two or three seasons, right? Because mm. um, clubs, I mean, it, this is big business throughout now, you know, and so in the business world, deals are structured in certain ways uh, to make it easier on you know, the purchaser and the, you know, and also the seller in certain terms. So uh, I saw a lot of breakdowns of how it was, you know, how this net 45 comes around. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know how close we are to net 45, but I mean, Saliba is a deal that, you know, took, that takes place next year, essentially. Right. So you're really looking at the 8 million for David Luiz, the 72 million for Pepe, the tyranny for 25, the our, loan fee. Sorry, Ellie, I just to our net spend was 48 million. Mm, yeah, because, because especially when you count it. I mean, I mean, the biggest thing is we got a Wobi sold. Yeah, which Wobi, I don't know if they were expecting. We, we also that. got four million for Ismail Benasser, who we got to sell on. He went to AC Milan. Uh, we sold a Michi, who's a youth player, for two million. Mm-hmm. I mean, Espina for three million, Koscielny five million, for five, yeah. Asano one million. So all, all those little transactions they added up. Did they help? Yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. But I mean, I think the Awobi thing is what really shocked people because I mean, imagine if we hadn't have sold Awobi and maybe maybe they had, you know, they that was one that you know kind of materialized in the last couple of days. But if they hadn't have done that, you know, could they have made? I don't think they could have done the Tierney deal potentially, right? The tyranny or the or the or the David Luiz deal. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think mean, I think they probably saw enough out of, you know, either you know, Martinelli, obviously Reese Nelson, or even Saka, yeah. and said, hey, you know, we like Awobi, and he obviously, you know, can can produce a lot of it, uh, stuff for us in the in the final third. But and he had a good summer. Yeah, but we need to. We've we've got our weapons in Laka, Oba, and, and Pepe. Mm-hmm. Now we really need to reinforce our our back line, and that's that's more of a priority. So if we need to sell a Wobi in order to get a a twenty three year old left back and a solid, basically like for like replacement for Kashelny, except he's got two Achilles heels, then um, <laughs> sorry, two Achilles tendons, then uh, Achilles tendons, yeah. and, and that's 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 what we got to do. That's that's the game. That's the business. And uh, you know we I. I, I you know, you hate to sell a lifelong Arsenal boy like a Wobie, um, but it's that's everyone moves on eventually. So, and that's the difference. I mean, this is really the difference from years past as well. We talked about the David Luiz transfer, but to sell a Wobie, mm-hmm. I mean, for that for that fee, that's not the Arsenal way that we've seen in recent years, right? Yeah, I no, mean, this is this, I mean, he's what 23, 24 years old, something like that, right? 
Vanger Vanger wouldn't have sold him. No, because he wants to develop him because of you know he's a he's a romantic. He's nostalgic, <laughs> right? And, and you know that's listen. There there's something to be said about that. But like you said, when you're when you're constructing a squad, you can't be sentimental. You have to be. You you just have to look at it with with numbers on the board, and you have to do what makes sense to build your best team. And if that means cutting bait on somebody where you have more reinforcements then then so be it right and i mean to get the fee for him is the big part right because he wasn't on a ton of wages um but to get that fee is really what uh, i mean the player had a good he ended last season pretty strong but this is i mean he only scored what three goals all of last season he had 35 appearances something yeah, like that didn't have the end product Right. And he, uh, I mean, he famously scored, you know, that screamer against Chelsea in the Europa League final. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, I think we're better served going, you know, a youthful route and taking the money and profiting on these players that are that are building reputations here. Yeah, I I think I think it will be. I mean, as much as I loved him too, I think he was, he was already, I think he reached his shit. I like, I, I see, I see him very much in an Everton squad, like Theo Walcott. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I mean, it, it hurts to say Danny as well. I got to give a shout out to Danny. Come on now. Danny, I'll miss that, you. That guy. It's uh, good, good signing from Watford. Yeah. That's a, that's a good signing. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? I mean, yeah, he's, I, th- I thought, I think he reached his peak and I honestly thought when I saw that price of 35 to 40 million, I'm like, fuck man, Ever- we're really <laughs> screwing Everton. Like literally, I don't think he's worth that much to be honest, but I mean that I, I could be wrong, but it's an, it's an inflated market. Also, he's, he's a, although he's not British, he's a British, you know, uh, crafted Premium. player. So, right. um, that's, I mean, is is Harry Maguire worth eighty five million? No, um, not. He's probably not worth half of that, but he is in today's market, especially, um, you know, lack of defenders. But I think I think it will be just you know not not to harp too much on it. Um, it's 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 easy to look at his his lack of end product and you know decision making once he gets inside you know the final third. But if you look at his advanced both dribbling numbers and I think chances created um, kind of in the deep analytical stats. He's actually like up there with Lionel Messi and I'm not even exaggerating. Um, hmm. Like, and that's, that's, that's where it's, that, that's where it's frustrating is it's like, and, and he's a strong dribble on the ball. For oh sure. yeah. You watch, you watch him pick up the ball you know, hard to knock him off. and he, he progresses the ball like a maniac. I mean, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he is elite at that. Um, he's just not a complete player. And when you're playing 35 games as a wide forward, especially in a team with Lacazette, Aubameyang, Ozil, et cetera, your end product has to be better than, than what his was. So I, I think, I, th- I think it'll be a good move for him though. A little more freedom, a little, you know, pressure off his shoulders. I think playing at Everton as opposed to playing at Arsenal. Um, I'm actually excited to, that, that's an interesting team, him, Richarlison, mm. um, Keen. Keen, yeah, um, they got some good players so that can that can go. So um, good, for, you know. Hopefully, all the best to him and um, yeah. Well, you know what? Moving on to the Sunday boys, it's finally here. The EPL is back. Liverpool mm. started the 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 season right. I mean, I'm really scared for that third game against Liverpool. They looked really <laughs> strong today, um, but we're up against Newcastle, the tune, you know. They don't have Santiago Munez anymore. He signed uh, for Real Santi. Madrid. 
I, I heard he signed for Real Madrid. Um, well, they have they have Almiron now. With, so with, let's not forget with, our boy. Yeah, Almiron. Oh, oh, shut up. Atlanta right. United garbage. Right, Atlanta United boy. What's at, this point, at, at this point in Santiago Munoz's career, he just – I think he, I think he's just signed for the Las Vegas Lights FC, and he's, he's trying to make his comeback, or he's playing in like a – uh, indoor indoor league in like Albuquerque, Albuquerque New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> goal goal eight, the return. <laughs> goal eight with, with Gavin Harris as the coach. Two, two goal, oh two furious. <laughs> uh, shout outs to the goal movies. Those are the best. Um Those were good. Newcastle, they got Andy Carroll back. Should we care? Probably not. Um yes. guys, let's preview this match. Uh how how well let's start off with you Ryan how how are we lining up because considering there's some injuries to the new players uh Pepe we you know, I hate when they do these things cuz those motherfuckers look like they're in their prime when it comes to like fitness so I'm like why don't you just put them in there like they were just playing like fucking a week ago in uh the preseason so Ryan how do you line up the squad on on Sunday well uh I'm I'm more I'm concerned that Emery's going to go to a back three to again protect our fullbacks who neither of them are our first choice, which is uh, you know going to be Maitland Niles on the right and probably Nacho on the left. So I, I hope I hope he doesn't. I, I I hope I would play a back four and you know it's Newcastle. I don't care if you're playing away, go and and put the pressure on them. Yeah. Throw, have an extra midfielder in there, play on the front foot, don't sit back and, and, you know, hopefully let Aubameyang and Lacazette bail you out again. I think that's, well, that's, that's the problem we ran into last year, but um, let's see, we got Socrates and Chambers. I mean, Luis, Luis, does he come in right away? He's had basically two two training sessions. I I think he could, I I mean, a center back, you're, it's but you know you can you can slot in there a lot quicker than I think any other I position mean, on the field. But I, mean, I, I, would, I would go. I would. Yeah, I don't know. But Mustafi really hasn't. You know, he's he's been a second half sub and the friendlies. Um, you know, if he's if he's if they're negotiating a move for him, he's probably they're not going to play. Plan, right. If he gets hurt, then it's it's done. But I'll uh, I I could see. I mean, I I I hope we do a back four with Socrates and Luis and. And then um, probably going to see Xhaka. Xhaka, uh, you know, Ceballos had a bit of a knock against Leon. Maybe he doesn't start. So maybe you go uh, – see, that's where I think it's going to be a back three. So you're going to go Xhaka, Guendouzi, back five. And then um, obviously I think Oba, probably Laka and Mkhitaryan. Mm. And I think Locke is a Locke is a doubt, right? Locke is a doubt. Yeah, I know. He, I think he's back in training. So, um, okay. like, no, we have we have some question marks. It's probably, yeah. It's it's hard. You know, I, I think again, trying to pick the teams and even 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 making like sweeping reactions about how we line up. Even even the first like I think three matches. I don't think you, I think it's it's kind of foolish because mm-hmm. there's again guys are you know like. You know, Torreira's back from Copa America. Is he in, is he at full fitness? Probably not. Um, so if he doesn't start on Sunday, does that mean he's not first choice? I don't right. think so. I think he's probably just you know working his way back. So um, yeah. So I, I I just hope we play back four, but I'm I'm probably 
at this point content with the fact that we'll probably see a back three and <laughs> that's why i said like expectations for this transfer window i think are we're going to come down from our high because i think i think we'll probably look a lot like playing football last last uh, <laughs> yeah. season which which is not what people want to see but until we get fully acclimated people get you know adjusted and healthy we're not going to see this kind of arsenal 2.0 yeah we, re- we really got to give everybody time yes it's it, it, so ease up people elliot um what's up dog even even though we have some question marks for how we line up the team doesn't really matter do you think we still edge newcastle or does newcastle with you know the the resilience of andy carroll coming back because you know he can be an arsenal killer he can be an arsenal killer um do do i mean do we still win like does it you know i don't know yeah I mean, do we win? Like, is my prediction a win? I think, I think we, I think we do. I think we're going to pull it out. Um, I could see one nil to the Arsenal. I could see three two to the Arsenal. Um, I, 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 it's going to be ugly. I mean, this is their home opener. Uh, they haven't been too prolific this preseason. They've only scored eight goals, conceded seven, and I think four or five matches. Um, they have, you know, new strikers they're breaking in. They lost Rondon and Perez from their team last year. They have uh, Joelington, I think his name is. Jo- Joelington. Joelington. And then some other guy named Maxime something. I'm sure Ryan knows it. What's his name? Saint Manmin. Oh, Alan Saint Maxime. Yeah, he's he's a winger. He's actually a he's pretty player, good right? player i'm interested in seeing how he how he develops because yeah he was he was he was linked to just about everybody a few years ago mm. and then they also have al Marone, right but i mean this is a steve bruce team now so they're going to sit back and probably defend us but it really determined i mean it really comes down to how we set up and you know if lacazette plays we score goals i think if lacazette doesn't play obama yang on his own with nicotarian and I don't even know who starts on the opposite wing right now because Pepe is not going to be fit yet for that. Mkhitaryan. Uh, well, I know Mkhitaryan, but who oh, else on plays on the left? Front? It will be. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is Martinelli going to play? I mean, because Ozil's out, right? So Mkhitaryan's yeah. going to play wide. Uh, I mean, is Reese Nelson. Cool? Gonna, I mean, Saka, Reese Nelson. I mean, Reese Nelson probably gets the start, I would imagine. Nelson's the most likely. He got the most minutes. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe he played two up front, and maybe maybe he plays uh, – does Joe Willick get a start in the 10? You know, I don't know. I think That's he played against Leon, right? He, 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 if anyone's deserving of a start, it's, it's based it's, off – it's Joe Willick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought he did uh, well in the matches that I saw him uh, in preseason. Um so I, I mean, yeah. I mean, aside from those, I don't think there's anything else more to say about about that. Um, we do have to bring up, though. I forgot when you said Obama Yang and Lacazette uh, signing both of them signing contract extensions. Like that's massive uh, because Oba was linked possibly with leaving, depending on who you read it from. So I mean, how how big are those two players um, signing contract extensions, Ryan? Well, again, I think it's a new iteration of, of what this club is going to look like going forward. I mean, this was, you know, basically, I think in one of those videos with Raul, that interview, he's saying, 
you know, at when a player has two years left on his contract, they either resign or we sell them. Like there's no, there's no in between. There's no more running down the contract, leaving on a free like Ramsey or, uh, you know, like Alexis and having to, you know, cobble together some kind of chaotic deal to, so you don't lose them completely for free. So they, you say, Hey, listen guys, here, here, here's a, here's a pay raise. You know, you, you see what we're doing. We're bringing guys in that, that, uh, can compliment you either you're, you're on board or we're, we'll move you on. You know, it's not personal, uh, but we, right. we love you. We'd love to have you. We'd love to build with you. And they said, yeah, I uh, like what we're doing. Let's go. Uh, and so now we got to, you know, now they got to produce like they, like they have, right. Keep producing. And hopefully our back line is improved enough where we can get a top four finish. And then we keep building from there and then they're happy. We're in the champions league again. And uh, we can, you know, recruit some more top talent, top players, and that's that's how you that's how you rebuild. That's how you do what Liverpool did, and you have to be smart and you have to be decisive. So, this this is a sign of that. Yeah, I think Don Raul came into the dressing room like all gangster like, and he's like, "Hey, hey, you guys are gonna sign for me, right? You guys gotta put a pen to paper, okay? You guys are gonna he's sign Mexican me. now. I love this. Uh, it's not." It's it's not racist because it's Mario. Um, okay. I'm from El Salvador. Okay, you can't get Salvadorian. Salvador. I hate everybody equally, anyways. Uh, uh, Elliot, I just want to go to you because you were so rattled with the Said and Ozil fiasco with the investigation. Um, that's crazy. I think it's. I mean, it's nuts because we got the statement from the club, so something's going down, right? Even either the players, uh, the the families of the players are still being targeted, or something's happening, right? I mean, either they're involved, their friends are involved, their crews are involved with retaliation, or this gang that got shown up by you know, Sead Kalasjanac. Uh, <laughs> something's something's up here and it's kind of, I mean, it's scary. I mean, this is, this is, I think this is one of those times where football and, you know, real life blur a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if, I mean, that situation could have gone a different way, right? Yes. Um, you could have seen a stabbing, you know, in the streets of London and, you know, whatever, you know, something could have really gone down. So the fact that this is still either concerned by the police or something's still going on, uh, this might be a bigger issue that might take them away from football for a little while longer. You know, you never know. So um, it's a little scary, uh, but you got to look out for the, I mean, the players have to take care of, you know, the families and they have to get, get that sorted for sure. Yeah. And in this day and age, I mean, you never know anything could happen. I mean, yeah, anything could happen, which is scary. You can't even get out of your house without something happening. So I hope everything uh, goes smoothly for them and, and nobody's hurt and, uh, you know, they get back to doing what the, what they love to do is playing uh, playing football. Um, so, guys, I mean, that's all I have. Uh, is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about, uh, you know? I want to talk about some, some areas of the squad and squad depth a little bit. Let's do it. So... After reviewing the squad and the makeup after the transfer window, obviously, you know, injuries are coming into the fold right from match day one. But Ryan, explain to me how this squad rotates for Europa. And especially I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. the forward positions. Um, And obviously it depends on setup. And if we play 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, five-man back line, 
what have you, or uh, sorry, three man back line. If you know, with Eddie and Katia out on loan, mm-hmm. who is playing on Thursdays when well, that, you are playing the teams from, you know, Vorskla, Vorskla, right, or wherever you're playing on Thursday nights? Yeah, so. that that's that's an interesting one because you know the the pragmatist and the uh, you know youth promoter in me is saying, okay, well, Eddie's gone on loan, but we'll just play, you know, a combination of Martinelli. I mean, Tyrese John Jules signed a, his, his, an extended contract. So I, obviously he's going to be in the conversation for first team football. Uh, you got Martinelli who, who looked pretty good in preseason. So I'd say, okay, you know, that, that's a, that's a risk because unproven youth players who, you know, haven't led the line and you're still playing against grown men, even if it's, you know, Ukrainian potato farmers, but, um, you know, but I, I'm, I'm still a bit triggered and from last year and I, I part of me feels like, Oh my God, he's going to play either Laka or Oba every, every group stage game and right. just absolutely destroy their legs. And so I, I that's, I, I, that's a concern for me for sure. Um, mm-hmm. cause we don't have, we don't have an out and out third striker now you could say could pepe play there sure but you know we want him playing you know on the weekends yeah we want we want those three lined up every weekend and and rested every thursday right until until we until we get into the quarterfinals basically so um that's a big question mark for sure though yeah i mean to me it really cements the fact that i think emory's plan really is to play four two three one as much as possible I mean, yeah, may, maybe maybe Laka and Oba don't start every right. league match. I mean, maybe right. maybe maybe Laka's maybe the odd man out there, and we're playing a, um, you know. But then, but that isn't re- is that a really good effective use of your top strikers? It's not. It's not because you don't. Especially, I mean, that, that's that's what I. You don't need to rotate. I mean, you listen. You. And I think in an ideal roster, you probably don't have both Lacazette and Aubameyang just because, right. you know, they're really both guys who prefer to be playing right through the middle. But I think what we've seen, again, in certain systems, I mean, listen, look at Liverpool as a prime example. I mean, Mo Salah and Sadio Mane are technically wingers. Right, yet they're playing off of... Firmino. They're playing off of Firmino, who kind of drops through the middle. So I think Lacazette has the skill set to kind of mimic that, that setup as well. Yeah. And, and I, I think people get too concerned with, with where players start on the pitch and what, <laughs> where, where their position is on the team right. sheet, you know, like, Oh, the team sheet lineup. yeah. yeah. Oh, Oba's on the left. Oh, he's not going to score. You know, we need him. We need him through the middle. He listen, Oba's going to end up in the, in the six yard box. I don't care if he started on the left, he started through the middle. He, he's going to find a way to get on the end of the ball. So I'm not too worried if those all three line up, you know, and, and kind of figuring it out and just letting them, you know, they'll, they'll rotate, they'll, they'll shift, they'll swap sides. They'll do all that. But yeah, I'm concerned that um, maybe Emery is, doesn't trust the youth players enough where he's going to be playing Laka or Oba or Pepe, you know, Thursday nights. And that, that could have a detriment uh, come middle of the season in the league. Yeah. This Mm -hmm. is one of those times I think where you are as a manager, if Emery's looking at at his squad makeup right now, um, this is one of those times where I think he's 
saying, wow, look at the flexibility we have, but also that's, you know, somewhat of a detriment because you need a system that your players can learn, understand, can play with each other, no matter who's playing there, you know, the position, you know, if you're playing, you know, right wing, you know, exactly what you're doing. Uh, it, no matter if it's Pepe or if it's Mkhitaryan or if it's, you know, Reese Nelson or Saka or whoever you can I, plug players. I, I would be surprised because I, I can't imagine you, you're going to send Eddie out on loan without having some kind of belief in, in, in either Martinelli, Reese Nelson, or John Jules to, to take up those minutes, whether it's yeah. starting the Europa league or, or even coming in and, and, and playing minutes off the bench in the premier league, because right. otherwise you're just leaving yourself short and you're, you, you can't, you just can't play lack and Oba in those Europa league games. You just can't because you need them fresh. You need them, you know, you got to manage their minutes, got to manage their legs. It's a long season. And, you know, we, we, we real, we should have learned from last year. We cannot rely on winning the Europa league to get into top four. We have, to, we have with, with Chelsea, listen, Chelsea, the way they're in their transfer ban United is a mess. Really. There's no excuses. I mean, there really is. Yeah. They're yeah just with our a, squad, especially you know, yeah. right now. So well, we, we have, we have, I, I, even been off the Europa League, honestly. Like if that that means you play. You, you these guys just don't play, and we finish second in the group, and we lose in the quarterfinals. That mm-hmm. uh, fine. I mean, honestly, fine. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a, here's a question for you, uh, Elliot and Ryan. Feel free to chime in afterwards. Um, aside from us doing some awesome, sick ass business, <laughs> who else in the Premier League has done something similar, and who are you most afraid of uh you know come come arsenal facing well obviously uh, you, you know there's two outliers that you can kind of leave leave on an island right uh you have city and liverpool i think that's the class of the league um and honestly spurs did some good business uh i mean they i think arsenal fans rejoiced in the uh, you know they're failing to sign a few key people uh, Dybala, who everyone thought was a done deal, was not a done deal. Um, obviously, they were in for other players that, you know, maybe chose Arsenal over them. Who knows? Uh, but uh, I, I think it's going to be a battle with Spurs this year for third, third and fourth. Um, I think Chelsea's I think Chelsea's going to be good. Man United is really they're the team that you really have no idea which way they're going to go, um, especially with the manager situation there. We're not sure if that's a lasting situation or not. Um, I think Lampard at Chelsea, another situation, question mark of of the manager. They also have some new pieces they're trying to integrate. They didn't have anyone incoming, obviously, really. So it's going to be interesting there. I think the the time is right for Arsenal to step back into the third and fourth discussion. Uh, It's going to be a big ask, though, to get up there with City. Because City, I mean, City did business, right? I mean, they... (laughs) I mean, they did not rest on their laurels. They improved the squad, so did Liverpool. Um, so those two, I think, are going to be obviously neck and neck for the title again this year. But I think Spurs is Spurs and Arsenal. It's going to come down to third and fourth, I think. Do you have anything to add to that, Ryan? Well, just looking outside the top six, I, I, I actually thought a few teams had some had a really really good windows. I look look at West Ham. Um, yeah. They brought in a, two guys who are kind of really well thought of, I think throughout kind of the scouting and, and 
recruitment world, uh, Sebastian Allaire um, and Pablo Fornals. Those are, those are signings that you don't think, Oh, wow. What West Ham, but they, they got those guys. So that I I'm actually kind of excited to see how they pan out. Um, you know, I think Lester had a good window, uh, brought Telemans back. Iuzi Perez, Pright. Um, so they, some smart science, sensible, a lot of sensible science. I think you know, a lot of, a lot of teams are using a lot of, a lot of data and stats. Um, and I think that showed, I mean, I think Watford had a good window. They got Ismaila Sar, they got Welbeck on a free. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, mm-hmm. I think Everton, we talked about, you know, a lot, I think a lot of teams are, are signing like really progressive attacking players. So I, I think that's just good for the league. Right. I think more teams who go and, and want to play on the front foot, want to go, try and play possession. I, I mean, I think the league kind of is, you know, up until probably now the last five, probably five, six years, it was very much like, okay, if you're outside the top six or seven, you're basically sitting 10 men behind the ball against those teams every time and hoping you, you get a set piece goal and win one nil. So now you got teams spending money on attacking talent. Now maybe they're going to go, game will be mo- more open up will be more more flow to it i think that that obviously benefits you know clubs like arsenal because we have the superior talent and we want to play that way so uh, that'll be interesting to see throughout the year and look at a team like villa i mean how much did they spend like 140 something million i actually hated i actually hated their window i mean I, they <laughs> they spent a ton of money but if you look at like i think all those players are super questionable whether like they they spent, spent like they spent fifteen million on Matt Target. They <laughs> yep. spent, you know, like twenty six on Tyrone Ty- Mings. Mings. Tyrone Mings, like, yep. you know, didn't make it at Bournemouth. He had two huge injuries, and I think he's a championship player. So I think, like, they bought a bunch of guys who are like championship level, and I don't think that's. I think that's going to blow up in their face. But um, I mean, again, if they're, you're spending money, you're 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 going to want to play some football, right? You're not going to. I mean, that's you know, Fulham's that's Fulham's approach last year, right? Yeah, exactly. They bought too many guys, and it didn't it didn't gel at all, and it and it blew up. So, you know, you know who I think could be interesting, challenging for you know the so in Formula One they have you know the three big teams in Formula One. Sorry, I'm a Formula One fan as well. But so you have like the three big teams of Ferrari, Mercedes and Red Bull, right? So those three big teams and then you have like the other seven teams are basically six of them are battling for like that fourth place spot. Um, So you have like the A championship and like the B championship essentially. And that's obviously what the Premier League is now. I mean, you have the top six and then everybody else. Mm -hmm. But I think Leicester City is a team that I think is going to be interesting to watch. Um, Brendan Rodgers is triumphant return for a full season now and, uh, I mean, they have, I mean, they got Tillemans from Monaco. Obviously they signed uh, Perez and then they signed Dennis Pryat from, from Sampdoria, which is going to be interesting so, to see. Him. We were linked to early in the, in the window. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. they could be, I mean, they could be a surpriser, you know, who, who, who goes down for you, uh, Elliot? <laughs> I hate to say it. I mean, but uh, I think Newcastle is going to be trouble. Yeah, are in trouble. Um, Sheffield United, obviously, that's yeah. it's going to be tough for them to stay up. Um, in Southampton, I was going to say Southampton too. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I'm going to go with. Um, I think Brighton finally go down. They've no. kind of they've kind of hovered. I don't think they did enough. 
uh, I'm going to say Villa and Newcastle. I think, I don't know. I mean, Sheffield United, they, they certainly don't have the quality that they should be staying up, but I, I like their manager and kind of how they play. I think they can be pesky enough to kind of maybe pull like a Bournemouth and, and kind of hang around for a bit. But right. uh, for, uh, for me, it's um, Manchester United, <laughs> Tottenham, uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. Um, <laughs> no, I agree with you guys in, in those teams. I think uh, Brighton, uh, I agree with Ryan, Sheffield Wednesday, and I think Southampton. I don't know. Southampton, they, but, they've gone downhill. By the way, I'm just looking at um, on transfer market. So friend of the pod, Mixed Discaroo. Do, does, does anybody remember that he's actually owned by Manchester City? <laughs> Oh, that's right. Because he's, 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 right? he's currently on loan at Ulsan in South Korea. Yeah. Is that the MLS player? Yeah. Remember, wow. I, I play I play with him a bunch he's of times. He's playing our pickup games in Phoenix. Are you serious? Yeah. So, like, but Is I he still told, getting paid by them? He's owned by Manchester City, technically. Wow. That's crazy. He's one of those like, who, yeah, they signed and, like, isn't he like 48? No, he's only. No, he's young. He's like, what? How old is he? He's only 28. No, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was playing for the U.S. men's national team when he was like 23, 28, yeah. 22, something like that. I hated that guy. Like Manchester, Manchester City signed Zach Steffen. Like, he'll never play a game for them. Yeah, but. he'll never. I mean, I just hate Mix Discrude because he was a Toronto FC killer for many years. <laughs> hmm. but, who, but who isn't these days, right? Oh, right? my God. Stop. Come on now. You have a player in Joseph Martinez who does a I'm, stupid, silly run-up for a penalty and misses. That was... I know, get, but he makes them all the time. It's okay. And 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 Atlanta. Imagine if he did that in the Premier League, by the way. Oh, he'd be terrible. That's why oh. probably nobody signed him. Atlanta. Atlanta has been shit anyways this season, just like Toronto. Aren't they? Hey, don't second? get me started about Atlanta right now. Isn't Atlanta in second place. They are second uh, place in the East. Uh, not not bad. <laughs> but uh, but Ryan and I had a spirited discussion. He knows how I feel about about the managerial situation and the tactical setup of Atlanta. <laughs> But United. they still keep running out results, so I got to give them credit. And they Elliot, own Orlando. Elliot, we should do a uh, a MLS podcast. I would love that. Bump heads. I would love Actually, Ryan, Ryan's been watching a lot of MLS over the summer. Has he? He has, he has um, ESPN Plus, so he says that's like what he pops on. It's been a slow summer. What can I say? <laughs> I have ESPN 8, the Ocho. The Ocho. Um, Okay, let's wrap this thing up, guys. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's awesome to be uh, back in the in the full swing of things. I think we have to talk offline about setting up a proper schedule, but that's for a different day. Um, So, Don Raul Evening, thank you very much for uh, being on the podcast. Good evening, (laughs) and Don Raul Dash, thank you so much. Dude, big up, big up, big up, big, big up. ups. And you know, in terms of everybody, uh, fuck, I can't even do it. No, um, no keep, keep yeah. going, keep going. <laughs> On behalf of AJ as well, uh, guys, thank you for listening to another Straight Out of Islington podcast. We'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Peace out. She says, man.